Good morning and welcome. We're so grateful that you're here today. We want to wish all of our mothers a very happy Mother's Day, and we hope and pray that this is a great day for you. We appreciate you and love you, and I know that many times it goes unsaid how much you're loved, but you are deeply loved and greatly appreciated. How many grandmothers do we have here today? What about great-grandmothers? Wow, how about great-great-grandmothers? Wow, I'm not going any, any more. <laughs> Connie's mama's got her hand up. I guess it just great-great-great-great. She told me the other day, I was talking about, would you, would you sign a contract if you knew that your time was short, maybe had seven years, 10 years, 15 years, would you sign the contract if you knew you could have anything you wanted? And she said, I'm, I'm ready to sign my contract, seven years. So anyway, we appreciate her very much. We're gonna be doing something a little bit different. I head down to look today at Deuteronomy chapter six, and I was asked earlier if I would do Proverbs 31. I was asked this morning if I would mind switching those lessons, and so I'm happy to accommodate that, and I think Proverbs chapter 31 is a great text. We talk about the worthy woman, and so we're gonna be looking at Proverbs chapter 31, beginning in verse 10 down through verse 31. As we think about God's ideal woman or mother. In Proverbs chapter 31, you have really what we would call the epitome of a true woman, a mother, a wife. In Proverbs chapter 31, you have what I would call the best of the best. And I'm grateful that many of you are the best of the best. And I have no doubt that you reflect many of these characteristics and traits. I got to thinking a minute ago about some of the different hats that mothers wear in life. I just briefly wrote down several, several tasks that come to mind. A mother cooks, she cleans, she tutors, she teaches, she washes and irons, she coaches and mentors, she functions as a counselor and psychologist, she is a nurse, a doctor, a builder, a decorator, a friend, on and on. And then what about some of the qualities or virtues that she exemplifies from day to day? She's patient, loving, kind, generous, forgiving, encouraging, supportive. She's a helper. Now, this is by no means exhaustive, but when you begin to step back and reflect upon the virtues of being a mother, the various tasks that she is constantly engaged in, the many hats she wears, and then the qualities that she exudes on a daily basis. Sometimes we talk about man, the husband being the head of the home. 
Well, it's true, the Bible does speak of the husband being the head of the home. But the wife, the mother, she is the heart of the home, isn't she? And so, I want you to look with me today at Proverbs chapter 31 and think for a moment or two about some of the great virtues that are outlined in Scripture. The question is asked, who can find a virtuous wife, a virtuous woman? The response, her worth is far above rubies. In other words, she is invaluable. I really don't think you can put a premium on a good wife or a good mother. We live in a day and time, sadly, when many folks have abdicated their parental responsibilities. When you begin looking at this woman and what is said about her, well, you have to stand back and just admire her greatness, her poise. And so, let me begin by, first of all, talking about the loyalty of the worthy woman. She is a woman who is focused intently on her family. And really, there are two things that stand out about this woman. Number one, she is a helpmeet. Number two, she is a homemaker. By way of being a helpmeet, look, if you would, at verses 11 and 12. The Bible says she does him good, speaking of her husband. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. Let me just stop there for a minute. Here is a woman who is loyal and loving. Solomon wrote many, many years ago in chapter 18, verse 22, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. What stands out here, the Bible says, she'll do him good and not evil all the days of his life. In other words, she does him good always, but she does him good in all ways. Think about that for a minute. She is a tremendous blessing to her husband. Down in verse 23, it speaks of her husband as being known in the gates. I've often heard it said, I believe it to be the case, that behind every successful man is a good woman. There's no way a husband can be successful in life, in many, in, many, in many ways, without somebody who is standing behind him and beside him, encouraging and supporting and loving and caring. So here's a woman that is a helpmeet. She is loyal and she is loving. The Bible talks about the tremendous love that ought to be existent in the context of the home. The Bible says that the husband is to love his wife even as Christ loved the church. And the Bible says that the aged women are to teach the younger women to love their husbands. And so you think about that love that really binds everything together. And then the Bible speaks of her as being a, a homemaker. I understand that we live in a day and time in which, sadly, sometimes... Mothers and wives do not view themselves in a positive way as a homemaker. And yet, I really believe that when you talk about the role of womanhood, 
and all the responsibilities that she has. And this lady is bivocational. When you look at Proverbs chapter 31, not only is she industrious in the home, but she's also industrious outside the home. There are some of you that literally run day to day from can to can't, as we say. And so many times you are burning the candle at both ends. I don't know how you do what you do. I don't know how you have all the time, the energy that you seem to possess, but you do. And in many ways, you're a marvel to behold. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, in verse 14, Paul in the long ago talks about the younger women marrying and bearing children, and then he says guiding or managing the house or home. In many respects, the home is the mother's domain, isn't, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's her palace, and we simply live there. I remember hearing a preacher many years ago, as a matter of fact, a preacher that I've known most of my life. And he's, I think, 90, 91 now, and still in very good health in many respects. But I remember hearing him talk about his wife and how the home, that is her domain. And whatever she wants to do within the confines of the home, that's her prerogative. And he said, look, if she were to run chicken wire down the middle of our living room, it's my responsibility to either go under it or over it. And so you think about, you think about the tremendous role that mothers play in the home. There's a second thing I want you to see, and that is the labor of the worthy woman. She is an extremely busy and talented lady. Look again at verse, notice if you would, verse 12. She does him good, not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. First, I think about the fact that she is a willing worker. When you think about everything that a mother does in the home. I mentioned just a moment ago some of the various tasks that she does. She cooks, she cleans, she washes, she irons. She counsels and mentors and teaches and trains. And she's doing all of these different things in the home. Did you know it's a labor of love? The Bible speaks in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10 about God's people engaging in that labor of love. I really believe that godly mothers... The worthy woman spoken of here. Everything that she does is because she wants to do it, because she loves her children, she loves her family. And so she is a, a willing worker. And not only that, but she is, the Bible says, she is a wise worker. Notice, if you would, in verse 14, she's like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. And then look at verses 21 and 22. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Here's a woman that is conscientious of thrift and time. There are only so many hours in a day. And many of you that are mothers and homemakers and wives, etc. You're always looking for a bargain. You're always try trying to put the best on the table. You're always trying to care 
or rather you're always trying to provide the best for your family. Then also, if you would, we talk about her being a busy woman, but the Bible says she is a business woman. She's a busy woman in the home, but she's also busy outside the home. Notice, if you would, in verse 16. She considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good. Her lamp does not go out by night. So here's a lady that is insightful and industrious. Down in verse 24, the Bible says she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. So again, we're talking about somebody who is bivocational. She has responsibilities in the home, and then outside the home, she's doing things, trying to provide for her family. Look, my hat's off to you ladies. There are many of you that have multiple tasks within the home, and then I think about all the things that you do outside the home. The fact that you hold down a regular job, you come home, you cook meals, you wash clothes, you iron, you, I don't know how you do it. I said a moment ago, you're amazing, and you are. I really believe that there are a lot of things that mothers and wives, that women do in general, that men are really not that good at. Maybe we just don't have the capability. Maybe we lack the patience and the kindness and the generosity, the words of encouragement, the supportive nature that the wife and mother demonstrates on a daily basis. So when we talk about the labors of the worthy woman, she is a busy woman, she is a businesswoman, and she is a benevolent woman. Notice, if you would, verse 20. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. So here's somebody that, from a spiritual perspective, is concerned about the needs of others. Someone has said that no man is an island unto himself. I believe that to be the case. And there are some of you that you're regularly taking care of tasks within the home. You're working outside the home and then combine that with your spiritual work. The things that you're doing many times unseen and unnoticed by so many within the church. Did you know that in Galatians chapter 6 verse 10, Paul said we're to bear the burdens of one another and thus fulfill the law of Christ? There are some of you ladies, some of you mothers and wives that are constantly doing something for others. Why? Because it's your nature. Because you want to be Christ-like in everything that you do. You want to strive to the best of your ability to help meet the needs of others. And I think about ladies today that sometimes will see a need and they will rally for that cause, and many times they will enlist other troops to help those who are in need. So this is a busy woman, a businesswoman, and a benevolent woman. And then thirdly, notice if you would her lips. The lips of the worthy woman. Verse 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. Two things here. Number one, she is cautious with her words. She thinks before she speaks. Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and about verse 7, I believe, 
said there is a time to be silent and a time to speak. On many occasions, mothers have that innate ability to know what to say and when to say it. And so she demonstrates extreme caution with her words. But not just cautious with her words, but she is courteous with her words. Listen again to what the Bible says. She opens her mouth with wisdom. On her tongue is the law of kindness. Some of the best ladies that I've known are so gracious and kind and gentle. And I stand in amazement at how many of you carry yourself like a Christian woman. And you demonstrate the virtues of womanhood. We live in, a, in an era when, unfortunately, there are a lot of women that can, as we say, outcuss men. But the woman that is portrayed in this chapter is a worthy woman, and one of the reasons is because of her speech. You know, speech says a lot about somebody. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's why, he that's why Solomon would say, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. He would later write in chapter 23, verse 7, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So just making sure that our speech is what it ought to be. Paul in Ephesians chapter 4 said, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying or building up. How many mothers, how many wives have been supportive, encouraging, builders, if you please, by what they've said? And then fourthly and finally, Note, if you would, the legacy of the worthy woman. First, I think about the perception of the worthy woman. Notice, if you would, what the Bible says, verse 29. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. First, there is this realization about what life is all about. It's not necessarily about external things. I know, matter of fact, I Googled not long ago how much money is spent on cosmetics in our country, around the world. You'd be amazed at the billions of dollars. Do we want to look younger? Yes, we do. Do we want to look our best? Absolutely. And I think the worthy woman obviously wants to look our best. But there is this realization that ultimately, when it's all said and done, beauty is fleeting, isn't it? In other words, we're not going to look like a teenager forever. We have a lot of young folks here. And I think about their zest for life, their youthfulness, their strength and courage. 25 years from now, you won't look like you look now. You might, wish you, you might wish you would, but it just doesn't happen, does it? And so, we change. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul said, We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. He said the things which are seen are temporal, the things which are not seen are eternal. The godly woman, the worthy woman, she understands, look, what's really important is what's on the inside. It's my relationship to the Lord. So there's this realization and then there is this reverence that she demonstrates. Notice if you would, verse 30, a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. The Bible says that wisdom is the beginning of knowledge. A lot to be said for understanding the nature of God and understanding that what's really important in life is our relationship to God and building upon that relationship. So there is the perception of the worthy woman and then the praise of the worthy woman. She is praised first and foremost by her family. Why, why do you think that is? I think one of the reasons is because they live with her. They see her day in, day out. Look, if you're here today and you're with your mother or grandmother, great-grandmother, whatever, your wife, when I say on your behalf that you're married to somebody special, I don't have to tell you that. You know that because you live with that person. You know what they're like. And so here's what the Bible says. Her children rise up and call her blessed. To our young folks, I would say this. Right now, you might not think your folks are so wise, but I promise you there'll come a day in time when you're going to realize they knew exactly what they were talking about. It might take some time, but you'll come to understand how wise they are in life. And as a Christian young person, you'll thank God for your godly mother or grandmother, great-grandmother, etc. She is praised by her family, and then she is praised from her fruits. Notice what it said, verse 31. Give her the fruit of her hands. Let her own works praise her in the gates. You know, we talk about preaching and teaching. And it is a tremendous privilege to have the opportunity to verbally present the truth of God. There is this verbal proclamation of the gospel. But really, there's something extremely important about the gospel. And that is the visual proclamation of the gospel. You may not know it, but the way you carry yourself, the way you live day in and day out, your poise, your strength, your love, your kindness, your generosity, all of these great characteristics are seen by your family every day. So yes, your family will praise you, but they will praise you because of your fruitfulness in the home and outside the home. Whether we know it or not, we are literally chiseling in stone memories. One day, our family will reflect upon us. We, we will leave behind a legacy. And I would hope and pray that those of you who are mothers here today, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, I would hope and pray that one day your family, upon reflecting on your life, will say, you know what? She was a treasure. She was worth so much to us. The Bible was right. 
Who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. A woman of tremendous worth. Would you pray with me? Our Father, we are humbled by the opportunity to honor our mothers today. We are so grateful for them. We're thankful for their patience, kindness, generosity, love, their giving spirit. We're thankful for how they carry them, how they carry themselves on a daily basis. And what a sermon they preach to us each and every day. We thank you for each and every mother here today. And Father, we pray that you would bless them. And we pray for our future mothers, because we understand, we know that there are young people that will one day be mothers and fathers. And bless them with wisdom and grace. And Father, we thank you for your love and care for us, and we thank you for every blessing that we enjoy, especially for our mothers. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, the lesson that you just heard wasn't designed necessarily to talk about what you need to do to be a to become a child of God. But here's what the Bible says. Number one, you need to believe Jesus to be the Son of God. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to be well-pleasing to God. And then to simply turn from a life of sin through repentance and be baptized into Christ so that all your sins can be washed away, Acts 2.38. If you'll do that, God will add you to the church, Acts 2.47. You'll be endowed with all spiritual blessings, Ephesians 1 verse 3. The Bible assures us that if we live faithfully, there is, there is waiting on us one day the crown of life, Revelation 2.10. If you're here today, maybe you need the prayers of the church. Look, we'd be happy to pray with you and for you. God will abundantly pardon, 1 John 1.9. Won't you come as we stand and sing?